Lesedi Mutemocha and welcome to another episode of Youth Speak. This is a podcast series brought to you by Youth Lab, a policy think tank that centers and engages young people on matters concerning us. And I'm the content producer at Youth Lab. Now, as you may know, March is Human Rights Month in South Africa, and this is historically linked with the events of Sharpeville on the 21st of March in 1960, where police fired at a crowd protesting peacefully against apartheid pass laws. Post-apartheid, the democratic government introduced the constitution, which outlines the laws that govern the country, as well as the Bill of Rights. To commemorate this, we're looking at the state of human rights as it relates to young people. So we asked two young people to share with us what Human Rights Day means to them, how well they know their human rights, which of their rights they feel have been violated the most, and what they think the government can do to better protect their rights and those of all citizens. These were their responses. Human Rights Day to me means you know, thinking about the progresses that have been made and honestly just reflecting on where South Africa has been, where South Africa is right now and where South Africa potentially can go. Um, So it really is always just a day of reflection for me and I tend to always feel very hopeful um, and grateful um, that, you know, major sacrifices were made in order for us to celebrate Human Rights Day, in order for us to have a constitution that um, on paper, you know, protects us. And and I think the reflection also comes into looking at whether we can, you know, in reality, in actual implementation, are we actually afforded the protections that the constitution gives us? So it really is a day of reflection for me. I think with, with regards to understanding what my human rights are, I always know that I have the right to you know, dignity, I have the right to freedom, I have the right to an education, I have the right to, you know, being in a safe space, etc. Um, so I am pretty well aware of what my rights are. And I think there is possibly a lack of education for a lot of people who don't know what their basic human rights are. It's something that we tend to underestimate, but it is such a fundamental thing. It is such an important thing. So I think it's really important on Human Rights Day that people actually understand what their actual rights are as a human and asking themselves whether that is something that they feel is being fulfilled. Um, With regards to the Constitution, oh, this is a tough one because the Constitution is perhaps the most progressive Constitution we have in the world. And yet this is something I've reflected on as a menstrual activist to say, you know, um, there's a lot of menstruators who still don't have the basic human rights to education, uh, to sanitation, to health, to overall dignity when they're menstruating. But besides that, you know, um, when I look at what the Constitution affords women in vulnerable groups or marginalized groups and the, the violence that we still experience, on a daily, it's still something that I think we still have a lot to to reform in terms of a mind shift, a, a perception. Because end of the day, laws can be instilled, but it really comes down to what the um, perceptions and the, the narrative is amongst the general population. And so I think if you had to ask someone, um, do you think women are afforded you know, basic rights, basic human rights, they'd say yes. But then if you had to ask them, do you think that is actually being seen in practice with the high number of rates of gender-based violence? They'd probably say no, because, you know, we have a justice system that doesn't believe us. We often have 
women and vulnerable groups and marginalized groups who feel that they still cannot report any form of abuse or or, or any form of um case um against them to the police so there there is a lack of mistrust i think when it comes to our, our state institutions and it's unfortunate it really is unfortunate with regards to my personal rights which have been violated the most throughout my life well i think honestly and i don't know if there's a human right that pertains to safety or free will or well-being but you know often i feel as a as a young black woman i feel very afraid i always feel like the moment i leave home i don't know if if i'll be guaranteed that i'll come back you know um there's often a lot of things that i have to be very aware of where i'm going out how i present in terms of my clothes um do i have my pepper spray on me um you know is my live location on and i i'm curious to know if um you know there's a human right or, or surrounding about basic protections as as to one whether one feels free and safe in their own country because I think this is something that I believe has been violated the most, and then how can the government better ensure access? Yeah, look, obviously we have to rely on a state level. Um, we have to trust that our government is um doing the right thing and ensuring that we all have access to these these um rights but i honestly you know um i i don't have much faith i don't have much hope um i think there's a lot that's happened in the past couple of weeks um with just you know the cost of living the experiences of young black children you know still having to cross rivers to get to school or just the state of infrastructure collapsing or there's just so many things and I I honestly I don't even know where to start with saying how can our government do better when there's nothing that's being done at the moment you know I don't want to sound pessimistic but this is how I feel and I just feel that something needs to be done something needs to change and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. I honestly don't know what that looks like. I really wish I had an answer, but from for honestly, I genuinely don't know what that looks like. Human Rights Day is obviously a reminder of a very painful history. Um, and although a lot of people my age or even older, I think, have a bit of fatigue when it comes to discussing apartheid, I think that it's important to reflect on Human Rights Day of the Shopville massacre, obviously, that the day seeks to commemorate and really the tragedy that it was. So on the day, I think it's really important to reflect on the sacrifices, the lives lost, um, all of the incredible pain that was and continues to be endured by South Africans who um, are seeking to claim their human rights and who have put a lot on the line so that... Um, they and and the people following them will be able to enjoy you know basic civil and political rights and then on the other hand human rights day is is a pretty frustrating day <laughs> in the south african calendar because on the day um you're also kind of called to reflect on the state of human rights in the country and it is a bit um disheartening to think about the fact that we've seemingly come so far and yet have moved very little 
and how some of the human rights that were being violated and not being fulfilled 50, 60 years ago continue to not be fulfilled and continue to be violated by um, pretty much the same demographic all of these years later. Um, yes, it's a bit of an irony. I think Human Rights Day is, on one hand, a lot of gratitude for how far we've come, um, seemingly, I guess, as it relates to civil and political rights. And then, on the other hand, frustration about how, when it comes to economic, social and cultural rights, we really remained so stagnant. Um, and, yeah, and you just kind of struck with, with a feeling of, of injustice and... Yeah, and anger, I guess, and, and frustration. I do think I have a pretty good grasp of what my human rights are. I do work um, in a social justice and human rights space, but I think even if I didn't, um, and even if I didn't study what I did in university, I would have had a pretty solid grasp of what my human rights are. The South African state, I guess, has the obligation to respect, protect, and fulfill my human rights. And in terms of whether or not I feel as though my human rights are respected um, and protected, I definitely do think um, that they are. I don't think, you know, that there's been any interference in, in terms of my human rights. I don't think that the state has necessarily failed to protect me against any violations of my human rights. And so, so I do think that, that that's been pretty good. Where there might be an issue, I guess, is in terms of the fulfillment of my human rights, um, which has um, <laughs> been tricky, I think, particularly in, in the past few years and, and with the onset of the pandemic. I will say again that I think the respect and the protection of my human rights is also due largely in part not because um, of any you know, good administrative action in place that protects my rights, but because of um, the relative privilege that I hold um, as it relates to my socioeconomic status. Because of that, I've always had access to education, I've always had access to private healthcare, I've always had access to shelter, to food, um, and of course my civil and political rights um, are something that I've always um, understood um, and have been able to claim. But the fulfillment of my human rights, um, again, as I mentioned, since, since COVID has been a tricky one, you know. For example, um, you know, the right to work is something that has been challenging and something that the state um, has really not been able to fulfill um, for me um, and for a lot of people um, my age. We obviously know of the incredible um, number of youth unemployment, I think, other things including the right to um, health, the right to education, um, not for me but for other people, have not been fulfilled. Um, and so I think that, yeah, and so I think that in that respect there have been pretty significant challenges. How can the government better ensure that you access your rights? There are a few things that I can say in response to this question, but I think what's most important for me is that the government um, can ensure the necessary resources for the fulfillment of my economic, social and cultural rights.
South Africa obviously has very high levels of um, domestic and international debt, um, and this obviously affects their ability to meet their human rights obligations around the provision of social protection, uh, economic, social and cultural rights. So that includes, you know, the rights to health, the rights to education, and again, you know, the right to work. And I think this is an increasingly urgent human rights issue in the region. And of course, with the COVID pandemic having suspended a lot of economic activity, I think, you know, our unsustainable levels of debt and the servicing costs associated with that debt, I think that that represents a pretty tricky state of affairs for, for the economy and um, particularly um, a negative impact on the fulfillment of economic and social and cultural rights in the region, considering um, especially the disproportionate effect that this will have on marginalized and vulnerable groups. Um, we have seen, you know, social grants being suspended uh, because of a lack of resourcing. We have seen um, clinics and hospitals um, just kind of fall into um, states of complete disrepair. Um, because of lacks of resourcing. And so I think that um, it's an important conversation that we need to have on debt, um, how we relate to financial institutions. Um, again, you know, there's the issue here of corruption that is glaring and very obvious that needs to be addressed. Um, and, and just kind of think about how we can catalyze financing and how we can reverse um, some of our austerity so that um, the people in most need of social support are able to be supported. I think that that's the most significant human rights question that we are grappling with at the moment. And I think that without it being addressed, it is likely and really will have have the worst, um, the worst impact because it, it really is um, a matter of, of life and death. Human rights are indivisible and interdependent, so one can't fully enjoy one right without the other. It is for our collective responsibility to protect and defend each other from threats and violations against our rights. I would also like to take this opportunity to call upon our government to do better in the protection and the fulfillment of the human rights of all, including those who are marginalized. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the follow-up episode where we profile a young human rights activist. In the meantime, you can follow at YouthLabZA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Hi there,